0: On this episode of Documento, I'm speaking with Mark Bodman on various topics in the technological world. Mark, thanks so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. So I want to start off talking about something that we see everywhere today is the rise of the Internet of Things. Many people might be aware of this concept. I mean They are probably interacting with it every day, but I think few people actually understand it. Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, so the Internet of
1: Things is really the premise of the Internet connecting to devices now versus just people. Back when the Internet first started out, we connected computers with each other and we were mostly catering to people hitting websites or using um, applications on the Internet. But what's happening now is that almost every device on the out there has a connectivity back into the Internet. There's a couple of things that th- this has caused is that these devices now can be smarter about communicating what's going on. So for example, the Nest thermostat is a great example. Uh, thermostats used to be pretty stupid in that they didn't connect to anything but your air conditioner. Now that they connect to the Internet you can store data about your air conditioner and your consumption of of uh, energy, but also you can leverage the, the temperature readings from your local weather station to automatically compensate or predict, you know, that you need to turn the, the heat on or the air conditioner on ahead of it getting cold or warm. So it, it just opens up this whole world of devices now that are connected, not just people and uh, servers like back end data centers. And, and now that all of these things are, are connected, it presents kind of a new challenge in our industry because now there's security breaches that can happen imagine if somebody were to turn on all the air conditioners in the in the United States all at once they they might be able to cause a brownout so so it's presented a kind of, kind of some new challenges for the industry and some you know some security issues that could happen but what i what it's really exciting is that now the things that used to be dumb are smart and connected through the internet because of the everything's connected right everybody's got a smartphone everybody's got computers now but the devices like your stove the your refrigerator your thermostat all those things are now just part of the internet and all have the ability to communicate with uh, each other as well as some back-end systems and services like the
0: weather Okay, so it seems like the Internet of Things is providing a lot of opportunity for people. It's making us probably more productive and a numerous other advantages. You also mentioned that there might be a drawback to all this connectivity. Is that a serious concern or are there people out there that are creating the safeguards necessary to just focus on the positives and just benefit from this rise of technologies?
1: Yeah, so there are you know incidents that are happening whereby these things are being hacked and and it is causing you know issues here and there. I don't have any right off the top of my head, but there's there's a lot of fear with connecting everything and now having the bad guys come in and actually take over. The other issue that you have now is that different device manufacturers like to lock you into their suite of devices. And so it's it's created a bit of a challenge to be able to interconnect everything because you've got different you know, protocols, different dev- types of devices, or even the same type of devices that communicate differently. So the industry hasn't really standardized on how all these things, all these Internet of Things, connect or and do it safely, so that yeah, you know you can control the things in your house, but you know you can't accidentally start controlling other people's houses, houses or you can't uh, you know you know have the bad guys coming in and actually doing things that uh, you know, like breaking in. Uh, a good example is my my garage door opener is connected to the internet. Imagine if some bad guy were able to hack that and open my garage door and get into my house when I'm
0: not around. Now, it seems like a serious challenge. How does this connect with the cloud? Could you give us more information on how that works and and how it affects all of us? Sure. So if you think about the Internet of Things, the stuff that you can see and
1: touch and, you know, that you have around your house every day, the cloud makes all of that stuff interconnect more easily. And the way I think about it is that the cloud is really people's other data centers, people's functionality that's in their data centers that provide the, these services, you know, kind of taking off from this Internet of Things concept what these things really need is an ability to talk to, to their mothership, if you will. So to be able to get their instructions and to register themselves in in some data center somewhere. And we just call that the cloud because it's easier, because you don't see it, you don't touch the hardware. But you know it's out there somewhere at the end of a, of a URL, at, at the end of some sort of a website and uh, because these things are now connected, the cloud becomes more important because that's the gateway for them to communicate with one another or to put the logic in there to say, you know, I want some logic to say if I'm getting home to automatically turn the lights on, well, uh, you know, my, my, my car and my phone isn't connected directly to my house. It's connected to some servers that are, that are in the cloud somewhere, which facilitate that interaction. Uh, but that's that's basically what the cloud has become is really this you know, collective of all these data centers and all these servers
0: that are providing websites for things in us to connect through. So if people keep collecting data through these servers, is there any end to that? Would we move on from the cloud to something else or will for the rest of everybody's lives people just keep adding more and more data to these servers indefinitely?
1: Yeah. So the data is actually the next big frontier for for this century. and. You know, if you look at it in the industrial age, we automated a lot of things through um, robotics and machines, and now what we're dealing with is everything's computerized. And now, and so that's kind of the next age that happened was really the computer age. But now we're in this what we're calling this big data age. And everybody's collecting data about everything. And it's so cheap to store data that people are just collecting anything possible. Now, and, and the folks that are actually starting to use it are taking an advantage of the data they're collecting. And so, for example, Facebook and Google are collecting information about what you search for or what you like and don't like. And they'll use that information to better target advertisements to you. Uh, There's a very famous thing around Google where everybody is in a search bubble now. So when you log in and use Google, the results that you see are going to be different than me because I search for different things. I'm interested in different things than you are. So you will see... A tailored search results just because they've collected all that data about you and they're using it to target advertisements and search results that are specific to your interests or needs or what they think that you should be seeing.
0: So, it makes me question, you know, what the, the concerns for people's privacy and security like you're mentioning with the Internet of Things and the cloud and all this, do you think there's a point where people say enough is enough, enough of the data accumulation and uh, acquisition? and we find some other alternative or are we here to stay with all the social media platforms all the search engines that collect this data
1: yeah it it really puts the onus on individuals to uh, to police and be aware of this and of course older folks that aren't that hadn't grown up in this age they don't know any better um, they, they're the ones that get hacked more easily. I, I think the younger crowd that grew up with computers are, are they're able to better understand this. Um, you know what you put out there on 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 Facebook or uh, Snapchat, other people are seeing, and, and and that data could be used against you. So you have to be careful. Um, there's a lot of I would say examples of what not to do out there, and and they're the they're the famous ones, right? The folks that are that are putting bad things out there and they get ostracized. Um, and, and this is also gonna affect your, your work life because that information that you put out personally is captured somewhere in the cloud on somebody's servers and that could be come back and, and haunt you much later in life uh, negatively. So when you get to go get a job. Um, there are services now that, to do background checks on folks based on information that's on the cloud, and, and you have to be very careful, and we have to teach our children the, to be very careful about what they say or, or what they expose to the Internet because it's all being captured.
0: So it seems like one of the greatest challenges, to seeing as a trend here in this discussion, is that we need to be aware of... How these technologies actually work, how they're driven, and how they affect us directly, and uh, you know, education and just you know, going your own way to find the real information uh, and being kind of a detective, really benefits you and everybody around you as well. It's understanding also the, the difference between you know, real life and the digital world, and understanding the repercussions for both. Um, so. Can we tie big data to IT? Do you see any connection there and how can we progress into the, for this discussion?
1: Yeah, so, so the issue is, is very real and you have a digital persona. What do I mean by that? So what you do in real life could be very different from what your digital life looks like, right? So you, in, in real life, you could be a party animal and go out and drink all night. Um, and uh, on the digital side, however, you, you can be an upstanding citizen. So you, you, you just have to be very diligent around policing what your digital profile happens to be, um, your digital persona. Now, the uh, IT organizations that are responsible for the collecting of this data and, and processing it, this is kind of a next wave of, of opportunity and also, uh, an area where you have to be more careful because the ability to process this data in, at speeds that you can't believe are is now real. And what do I mean by that? So for example, as as folks are are um, watching a television show and and they're they're commenting to their relatives over over Twitter or uh, Snapchat or, or uh, other other kind of social media means that that information can be mined and automatically the the show can can change its content based on what it's learning about what the audience is thinking. So that that ability to process a lot of data and to do something with it. Is very real these days, and you, you haven't seen the end of this. It's been used in advertising and in, in, in targeted, uh, I would say, programming on televisions. But it's also going to be used by bad guys to do spear fishing. To to you know what do I, that that's what that does is it allows folks to kind of profile you and and evoke emotions or get you to share things. That uh, that you wouldn't have because they're able to gather enough information. They can they can fake you out. They can pretend to be your brother and uh, and and fake you out. And you're you're starting to see that with videos like deep fakes. I don't know if you've you've heard of this deep fake phenomenon. How what is it? Yeah, deep fakes are the ability for this processing to be applied to things like movies. There's a very interesting one uh, around this new solo movie. Uh, somebody took the the face of the original um, uh, the, uh, the original actor for Han Solo, which was uh, oh gosh, what's his Harrison name? Ford? Yeah, Harrison Ford. So they took Harrison Ford's face, and they recut a whole bunch of scenes in the new Han Solo movie with the original Han, uh, Harrison Ford Ford's face, um, and it looks real. It, it, so if you're <laughs> if you aren't aware, right, you'd look at this video. And it looks darn real. And so this these kinds of big, big data processing, the ability to uh, manipulate videos or audios or any other information is uh, becoming very much um, at the hands of anybody, good or bad, right? So uh, IT organizations are now, because these are companies that you pay for your services and big organizations like Facebook, some of the biggest organizations in the world now, uh, they're, they're, they're the ones that are they're connecting everybody and using this data and whether they use it for good or bad, um, that's for us to kind of police and uh, you have seen some of that with Mark Zuckerberg's testimony around the, the manipulation of our elections. Um, they, they knew there was this, this bad things can happen but they really didn't act to stop it and so it, it's up to us as citizens to kind of keep these companies in check no matter how big and how much information they have.
0: Well, it's good that we have people in place that are actually doing that. <laughs> Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, some, but you know, the, the, these things you don't realize until, until sometimes afterwards, like the whole manipulation of the elections, right? So um, there's always going to be somebody that's going to be a few steps ahead of everybody else and we're hoping they're going to be the good guys, not the bad guys.
0: One can only hope. And it actually makes me think every time we look at our screens, if we could just tell ourselves and like step back and realize that we cannot trust everything we see on a screen in, in any capacity, whether it's social media or like a news article, maybe just understanding that and then second-guessing second it. I mean, questioning is validity. Would you agree with yeah. that? Absolutely, and if you the latest
1: thing, you know, not only these deep fakes, but this is happening with um, some news agencies. Some agencies they're being able to provide what I call digital humans, fake people that are con- created by machines, and um, and they're not indistinguishable from actual people. So they're able to take you know attributes and manufacture an image of a person, three dimensional with video and everything. And this person doesn't even exist in real life, um, yeah. So, so yeah, the ability for machines to kind of do things which are indistinguishable because of us humans, we, we just can't make make it out, it is is very real, and it's happening in the art world too. Uh, machine generated uh, art is starting to be sold at prices of of normal artists, right? So, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, oh gosh. so. It's it's pretty scary, and uh, companies are are creating products that do this, and and I like to think about these as digital products, um, and they're kind of a different class of products than you think of, like a like a, a you know a razor blade or a printer. Digital products are now connected. It, it kind of embodies all of these things that we were just talking about. They're they're smart. They connect to the cloud. They, they process data in ways that we couldn't imagine, and uh, you know, I'll just pick on printers for a moment. The printers can, can measure how much you're printing and then automatically offer to, to send you the ink before you actually run out. Um, so is, is that's a good thing in a way you know as a consumer, but it's a bad thing because now I'm out of control and I, I think these products are becoming smart enough where they're tasking us you know you know a car if, if you've driven a, a car lately, it'll tell you uh, what what it needs it needs you to change the oil or your coffee maker might say refill the water or change the filter so so the products are becoming you know, more digital and smarter and, and now Uh, us humans are being tasked to do the, the work that they can't do.
0: Well, this is very interesting is there are there some thoughts that you want to close this interview with? Is there some things that you're working on or anything that's relevant to this conversation?
1: Yeah, yeah I mentioned the whole idea of these products that are created that are smarter and taking advantage of all these uh, technological breakthroughs um, being able to you know put the smarts inside the, the things to be able to process data at speeds that are un unheard of. Um, it's it's kind of created a whole class of, of products that folks in um, companies have to think about how to manage them appropriately through the whole life cycle. So uh, it, the, the example of the printer that I gave you where, where, it, where it needs to be able to phone home and, and, and order Noir ink, well, th- not only does that product have to sit on your, on your desktop and, and be able to have that connectivity, but it has to be updated as new features are, are added to the product. And the back-end servers that it connects to have to be able to process the uh, the information to take that next step. So the product isn't just what – it doesn't end after you ship it anymore. It, it, it has a lifespan and a back-end support that needs to be managed for uh, for indefinitely. Who uh, You might keep that printer on your desk for 20 years. Is it still capable of getting ink in 20 years? Is the company around – that provides that back end service in 20 years that's going to be the interesting thing about the digital product management the life cycle has to it extends not only to what, what you ship out the door in the front you know and get money for but the life of that device on the back and the back end services that it needs to
0: to connect to and, and do its thing so if listeners want to reach out to you to get more information and connect with you online where can they find you
1: yeah, so you can find me on, on LinkedIn, uh, Mark Bodman. Uh, I believe that's my LinkedIn profile, just uh, LinkedIn slash Mark Bodman. Or you can reach me at, at Twitter at Mark Bodman. Um, um, that's my handle. hashtag I think it's hashtag Mark Bodman. Or uh, my email address, which is Mark D, Dave, middle name David, Bodman, at uh, gmail.com. So, Uh, Reach out if you have any comments or questions about this space. Uh, I've been in information technology a long time and uh, I'm currently working in some standards bodies to kind of put standards in place to handle some of these issues and that digital product management is the new issue that we're seeing that uh, we need standards for. People need to understand this dynamic and, and
0: manage their products better. Absolutely, and the hope is from an episode like this that people can become more educated and and, uh, go out and seek their more information on these topics that are so crucial to the way we live today. Mark, uh, thanks so much for this interview. It's been very insightful and a lot of fun. You're welcome, and uh, thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you.